0: Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman. I'm president of Friedman Financial. And I'm joined by my co-host, Marion Gilman. How are you today, Marion? I'm wonderful. How are you today, Mark? I'm doing great. We're back with another episode of Filled with Financial Advice in a language you can understand.
2: Sounds great, and so, that's what know,
1: we do. We, we, we do that each and every weekend, and here we are, September 29th, as you're re- reading this, Friday.
2: Amazing that the month of September has al- already passed. It has
1: passed, the summer is behind us, and today starts a very special day in my life. Um, we and all for many know people, this,
2: yes, t- it's well known in our office. It's, what it's, happens today, it's, Mark? Sure,
1: today starts the Topsfield Fair. It's an 11-day extravaganza, the 205th anniversary of the oldest agricultural fair in the country, um, where you can see the world's largest pumpkin. You can climb a grease pole. You can see flowers and chickens and rabbits and cows and horses and Clydesdales. Yes, that's right. The Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales will be there uh, and so much more.
2: It is quite the festivity. Um, My son used to, when when he was in school, um, he was involved in karate, and they would do demonstrations there, so the kids get involved. It is really a, a wonderful event.
1: Yeah, the, the 4-H clubs get involved. Yes. The karate groups. Yeah. Um, all, all sorts of groups do their exhibits. It's and sp- they
2: have rides, too, oh, of for Of course, the kids. There, there is
1: the rides, and there's also, yeah. and, and, you know, this year, they and bring... And the games. And My the games. My son loved darts. Oh, d- d- that was his game. D- do they still let you throw darts these I, days? You been, know I don't know that. Those are dangerous weapons now, Mary. Have you walked
2: down to see? Have they thrown darts? I don't know. If,
1: I don't know if they are maybe
2: they have section cups at the yeah. end
1: instead of the I, I generally don't get down to what's called the midway area yes um we're towards the front of the um of the fair because i run a food booth called the benay brith booth and have been doing so for i guess 12 or 13 years with my wife laura but i've been working there since i was 13 years old it's quite a while yeah and uh the booth is probably among the top five busiest booths at the fair Well, from
2: what I understand, it's a very good value.
1: It it is a tremendous value. And when we're talking about financial advice in a language you can understand, if you are going to the fair, I challenge you to find any, any booth at the fair that has a better product at a lower price than what we're offering, whether it comes to hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken fingers, brisket sandwiches, on and on.
2: Just like any event, um, I think all of the you know all of the activities all of the food is priced Fairly high at the Tops Hill Fair. Yeah. I w- and they have to make a living. I understand that, you know, and it's only for a certain number of days, but it is um, fairly pricey.
1: It, it is. And, you know, remember, most of those booths that you see that show up at the fair are people that show up for the 11 days and then they hop in their trailer or their truck and uh, their tent, whatever it is, and move on to another fair. That is their livelihood.
2: And you have an advantage, right, Mark?
1: We do. We have a, a big permanent space, but all of the people that work in our booth are volunteers. And yes, all of the money that we, all the profits that we raise go back to the Jewish community, but we can put our pricing at a very reasonable cost. In fact, I was walking through the fair this week and one of the, if, I don't want to call them our rival because they're really not. Everyone sells different products, but they do sell hot dogs and their hot dogs that they're selling, which are not the hugest hot dogs in the world. Um, are and seven, yours
2: was spectacular. Uh, right? Ours so large.
1: Yeah. So their hot dogs are $7 each. Wow. And ours are a quarter pound hot dog. They're selling two ounce hot dogs at $7 each. We're selling an all beef quarter pound Hebrew National hot dog for, we raised the price this year. You did. To $5. Okay. We
2: are a little more competitive.
1: So we have a hot dog that's twice the size at less price than a single hot dog at the fair.
2: But you know the best thing about your booth is that all of the money goes to charity.
1: It does. All of the profits go to charity. And
2: you divide you allow the volunteers to help select those charities, which I think is wonderful.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't drive that ship at all. You know, people ask where's the money go and we say look, our volunteers get to select that. And so for every shift that they work and we need 280 shifts to fill for the Topsfield Fair and it's we fill quite a all challenge. of them. Um for every shift they work, $18 goes to the Jewish charity of their choice. And there's a big chart that hangs up in our booth so that patrons can see where the money's going, how it's being divvied up, and all of our volunteers can feel good that they're making a contribution besides with their hands and their voices and their spirit of just being there, they're also giving money back to their communities that uh, more uh, to the organizations that make sense for them.
2: Yeah, that, that sounds great. I mean, it is really a wonderful organization. And you raise a fair amount of money every we, year, we, which we is do. great. We and do. you give back to the community. So isn't that wonderful? Yeah,
1: I think since Laura and I started it, we've given back close to 60 or $70,000 back to the community over the past 12 years, which is really Fantastic.
2: remarkable. Fantastic. Oh, with a booth that's only open for 11 days. 11 days, yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty not, wild. It's not like you have a whole whole year to do this. You're so, absolutely uh, right. Great. Well,
1: it is September 29th, and according to the news if you watch cnbc cnn whatever whatever news station you want to hear it
2: could be an exciting weekend right it,
1: it could be because according to plan and and perhaps one of the reasons that the market is reacting so unfavorably over the past week or two is that the government has the potential to shut down on october 1st
2: yikes and haven't
1: we been there before
2: we have as a matter of fact I was reading some of these statistics just recently with an article that came out. And apparently, um, we've had shutdowns 21 times over the past, since 1976.
1: 21 times. And
2: 21 times. And
1: you'd think, Marion, if the government shut down that many times, that the country would be no more. If it shut down, right? Yeah.
2: Well, shutdowns. <laughs> <laughs> so shutdowns are not really shutdowns.
1: Well, then why do they call it a shutdown?
2: Well, well, first of all, apparently it's typical that the shutdown lasts for about a day or two, which it, <laughs> which to me is like existent. And so essentially. you think if
1: it only stayed shut down for a day or two, why can't they come to an agreement before the deadline of the shutdown? Oh,
2: I think it's exciting, right? It, well, it's it newsworthy, isn't news. it? Right? Yeah. So they can. So there's a whole lead up to this. Right. So for the past couple of weeks, all we've heard is the government's going to shut down, right.
1: and then then the government will shut down. And, and now um, that the government has shut down, who's going to be the one to puff out their chest the furthest <laughs> to be noticed as the person that saved the government and reopened the government so it right. wasn't shut down?
2: So what does a government shutdown actually mean to? And aside from the fact that it typically um, happens for a day or two, mm-hmm. so it's yet you, you probably don't even notice it. Right. What does that mean? Well, so that means nobody in the government gets paid, right?
1: For those couple days, but guess what they also get when they do reopen the government?
2: I think they get back pay. Not only they think,
1: <laughs> it's guaranteed that they get back pay. It's crazy. So it's like a vacation for the government.
2: Yeah. And and by the way, um, government shutdowns happen because they can't come to an agreement on how they're going to spend money. Right. Um, or how, how they're going to fund the next um, phase of the government, you know, of... Um, Whatever the fiscal year, so they shut down. But do shutdowns save the government money? I don't know. Do they marry? They do not. They do not. (laughs) So
1: what's the point of the shutdown? Um, To get attention. Apparently, I don't know. So this is what's called politics and action. Yeah. And 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 it's I think it's embarrassing for a company that positions themselves as one of the wealthiest countries in the world, if not the wealthiest, the most powerful and we can't agree on how to spend money in time for a budget deadline, knowing full well that within 24 to 48 hours, we'll figure it out?
2: Yeah, that it's, it's a little bit crazy. It, it really it's is. A, it's actually a lot crazy. And you know, if we ran Friedman Financial like that,
1: it would not be good. No, if we ran a ho- if you ran your household like that. Right. So why is it that you're not allowed to run your household that way? I'm not allowed to write a, run a private business that way. Yet the government can run the business, run their organization any way they want, and can continue to build up debt without even having to worry about paying it back. I, I have no idea what the answer to that question is. Right. It's, it's a rhetorical question because exactly. it's just mind boggling. Right. Yet, right. all of us outside of government ask those questions. We don't get answers from our government. We get upset at our government officials. They have the lowest approval rating ever and have for the past 20 some odd years, yet we continue to vote them in.
2: It's it's remarkable, isn't it? It
1: it really is, because yep. you know what the real answer is? The reason why that happens? Because everyone says it's not my guy that's the problem.
2: And it and Well, you know, also, the status quo just sort of goes on, right? It it It, does. It's inertia,
1: I think, too. Right, because because in reality, you and I, like those that have been in the know for years and understanding how governments work, it's like, we've been here, we've been through this before, it's the cycle of what we go through, let's just not worry about it.
2: That's right, and because essential services do not shut down. So most people don't even notice that the government is shut down, unless you go into, say, a national park. Some of the national parks shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so things like that might shut down. But Social Security payments, they still go out you don't have to worry about not
1: getting your money right you're getting your interest on treasury bills and treasury notes
2: all of that continues the you know police fire all of that right I that mean, continues those are essential services right our
1: um, our schools don't shut down do they
2: they do not shut down no
1: they're all government workers you
2: know so it, in reality it's most people don't even notice
1: it's it's political posturing at its best
2: exactly but
1: So we have this report that LPL put together, it's seven things to know about government shutdowns. And so one of the things is that they said, the first question, and people ask this, so tell me, can someone explain to me in a sentence or two, what is a government shutdown? And Mary, maybe you can explain or read what it says there.
2: So um, essentially they need, a government shutdown happens when Congress doesn't pass funding legislation for the upcoming federal fiscal year. And
1: so Congress is required to pass 12 appropriation bills that need to be signed into law by the president to continue funding the government. If any of these 12 appropriation bills do not pass, then the government shuts down. Effectively, the government must stop all non-essential functions until funding is approved by Congress and and signed into law. So, but the, the question is, is what is considered essential and non-essential? Well, so some of the essential services
2: um, tied to public safety um, in particular, they continue to operate. Um, and then such as border protection, in-hospital medical care, air traffic control, law enforcement, power grid maintenance, all of that. and. And also, on the other hand, um, so the uh, the appropriations bills do not include money for Medicare or Social Security. So that's not part of an appropriation. Those are sent. Those are funded. So they don't even enter into the picture when a government shutdown happens. Because remember, it's they have to pass the twelve appropriation bills. Right. They are not appropriated every year.
1: That's right. And so. Oftentimes we hear, when you think the government's going to shut down, it could also be termed as a default. And there's a difference between the government shutting down and a default. Maybe Mary, maybe you can explain to everybody what LPL has said and what's kind of written here about the difference between understanding a government shutdown and a default.
2: Well, a default, and any default, is when you can't pay... um, and your creditor so essentially that's right so if you default on your mortgage which is much more uh, much more common to people uh, would understand means you don't have enough money to pay your mortgage payments every month and so then you go into default because you're not keeping up with the agreed upon payments on a debt so that's a default that is not what the government is doing here the They're not defaulting on debt. They're not not paying it. They are shutting down some non-essential services and just delaying payments to those people. So so they're
1: going to get the money. So basically they're saying there's that noise that says, oh, my God, we're going to shut down, which scares the bejesus out of a lot of people. Yeah but it really means nothing.
2: And it can ruin a few vacation plans as I said. The national parks, for example, you know, can shut down and and so all of a sudden, you know, you can't go to the national park because it's shut.
1: But there are things that do react when the words come out that says the government is shutting down. And that's how markets react when they hear the word shutdown. And that's what we're looking at right now. Here we, here we are September 29th. A few days away from the October first 4- date of a potential government shutdown, the markets don't like it. The markets are reacting poorly. It's now. Does that? Does, let's be sure we understand something. When I say the markets are reacting poorly, it doesn't mean you've lost all your money, does it?
2: <laughs> We've had a tough month this this month, but you know what? I'm not sure it's actually even the government shutdown necessarily, or the only thing is the government right. shutdown. Certainly, that's contributing, but I think also last week the Federal Reserve had their meeting, and although they didn't raise interest rates, they made it very clear that it's likely that interest rates will stay at a higher level for longer than some analysts expected or some bankers expected, and and that hurts um, the economy in general. Well,
1: but let's explain why does that hurt the economy, Mary
2: Well, again, so, I mean, one of the first places we see this is in home prices, and or home buyers, I should say. With higher interest rates, and if it's staying around for longer, mortgage rates um, are also higher. They've right. gone up considerably this year. So houses are much less affordable than they were two years ago, so that the housing market has noticeably slowed down this year. It hasn't stopped completely,
1: but is noticeably slower. Well, because... there's certainly less houses for sale on the market. Exactly. Even though you could get a premium price, there's only a small pool of people that can afford those premium prices right now with interest rates being as high as they are.
2: That's right, and a lot of people, um, I've spoken to a couple of realtors that you know are clients of ours, and they said, you know, the biggest problem is no one wants to put their house on the market Because they can't, they don't want to give up those low-rate mortgages that they have for something that's a higher-rate mortgage. So you know, there it's a sort of a catch-22. But that's one of the things that really can hurt the economy because the housing market affects a lot of things. I mean, think about it. If you're not buying a new house, you're probably not buying new furniture. Um, You might not be getting new services for that house, landscape services. So it can affect a lot um, other than just buying a house. You know, it's
1: also interesting that the, you know, a lot of people are relying again on credit cards and using those to uh, to borrow money. And credit card rates used to be at 18 and 19 percent, a very high rate, Yes. but today if you look at what your credit card rate is right now it's in the 30 percent range you know i i haven't looked I it mean, is crazy you know
2: we always tell our clients make sure you don't charge more than you can pay off each month and i follow that rule myself So I've never seen what my um, interest rate is on the credit card, I'm sure I'd be horrified. It is
1: absolutely horrifying because they do send you notices, but we ignore all of them. The rates are going up, right? No one ever reads those. (laughs) But if you looked at your credit card statement, when your credit card bill comes, even though you pay it off every month, it'll still say, here's what's the, the APY, the annual percentage yield, to borrow money on your credit card, and it's in the 25 to 30% range right now.
2: And I love it when they tell you, if you only pay the minimum amount, it's gonna take you like
1: 25 years to pay this. I'll be dead, you know, who knows? (laughs) But but some people though, that don't worry too much about the stock market, they think themselves, well, geez, I'm pretty happy with interest rates being as high as they are, especially retirees who say, you know what, I can get some safety by buying 5% 5% CDs, I can get 5% money market accounts in some places, or a higher rate than what I was getting before. And that's the positive part
2: of having higher interest rates. You know, realistically, we were very used to having higher interest rates. So, up, you know, I know when I first got a mortgage, The interest rate on my mortgage was 12 percent i don't you mine was nine
1: and a quarter yeah exactly
2: so you know again in the 80s 90s we had very high interest rates even in the early 2000s and then they started and they were on a decline but they continued to decline and we they were probably artificially low for too many years in you know, right around two thousand, we had very, very low interest rates.
1: So as the market is wobbling along right now, we got the government shutdown, we've got high interest rates, we've got potential government shutdown. I'm not saying it's gonna yeah. happen. You know They might pe- come to a, an pe- agreement. Right. People may say, Well, why would I invest in the stock market right now?
2: you know again you have to look long term we're not talking short term uh, we are about the government shutdown because that's a you know a, mm-hmm. a thing that could but there's happen always this gonna be noise. There, uh, there's always going to be short term noise there there's always going to be short term noise but think about it monies that you have that you're likely not going to use for the next 5 10 15 years it is typical it has always been the case in the past That you have received a higher rate of return if you invest in the stock market than any other type of investment. Bonds, cash, stock market has always exceeded the, the returns.
1: Also, in periods of time when interest rates start to go down.
2: Well, that's great for bonds. Right. So, you know. Honestly, I have to say, um, a couple weeks ago, I thought interest rates were were pretty much at the highest level they were going to reach. They could go a little bit higher, but that's what has happened over the past couple weeks. When the Fed said that they were going to keep interest rates higher, that affected the bond market, and interest rates went back up in the bond market. They had dropped a little bit, and now they've gone back up. So what happens when interest rates go up in the bond market, bond prices go down, but once the Fed starts to lower rates or rates start to go down, bond prices go up. So you can get a very nice return from bonds and that's likely to happen. Um, at some point starting next year.
1: Right. So, I mean, bonds are back as far as we're concerned. Bonds yes. are a great type of investment. Exactly. you got to find what works for you, of course. Right. I think investing in the stock market, if you're looking long-term to invest in the stock market, this is a great time to be a participant in all facets, in all aspects of the stock market.
2: A balanced portfolio is very appropriate right now. If
1: you're thinking, I want to make money over five years or 10 years or 15 years, I couldn't think of a better time right now Um, To be putting money into the market or to keeping yourselves positioned ready for an uptick moving forward over the long term
2: Yeah, but you know, you can never you can never time it such that you get the high of the market or the low of the market So you want to just be sure, you know We always feel a better strategy is to put a little bit in at a time. So take your take your chances Yeah, you might see a little fluctuation in the short term, but you will be rewarded long term.
1: So work with a financial advisor. If now's the time for you to get serious about your financial planning and investment management needs, give us a call 978-531-8108. That's 978-531-8108 or visit us on the web FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. That's going to do it for us today. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. If yes, head by the Topsfield Fair this week. Stop by the Manet Brith booth. Say hello. I'll be sure to have a treat for you then. Ooh, uh, that's a that's a deal. You know, we got some good stuff there. So swing yeah. by. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. We'll
0: talk to you later. Thanks for joining us.
2: Enjoy. Bye bye.
0: During today's Dollars and Cents episode with Freeman Financial, your host may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.